What's up, everyone? My name is Christian Baudanza di Tacchio. And I'm Giuliano Caleri. And this is Tifosi Football Radio. for joining us today on uh, Thursday, December the 10th. Uh, quite a sad day, uh, really. Uh, as uh, yesterday, uh, we received reports that uh, Paolo Rossi has passed away. Um, he has passed away at the age of 64. Um, very, very sad. Huge legend in Italian soccer. The infamous 1982 World, World Cup. Cup. It was Paolo Rossi and... It's like Rice Rice Sports said, uh, Paolo Rossi made us fall in love in 1982 with Italy winning the third World Cup. A true legend. Uh, I was a dear friend of Diego Maradona too. Uh, So it's kind of ironic that he passes away just a few days after Diego Maradona. But uh, condolences to him and his family, uh, to the family of Paolo Rossi and hope that he can rest in peace and can't thank him enough for what he did for Italian soccer. Yes. Well said. All right. So let's uh, let's move on today. We got uh, we got quite a bit to talk about. Uh, it has been it was a crazy past two days uh, for roller coaster. Yeah, for the Champions League for Decision Day. Um some some outstanding performances and then of course the one glaring the one that will be severely criticized and that is Inter Milan team everyone probably expected to drop the ball if there was going to be a team yeah yeah no I mean, surprises here they do it year in year out this is yeah. 3 years in a row Inter have choked on the last game of the Champions League group stage yeah. first time they've ever finished last in the group in Champions League history shameful and this would have been the first time all the Italian teams came out of the yeah. group stages and Inter yeah. dropped the ball. Dropped the ball. I mean, uh, some Lazio in survival mode. We'll talk about that. Juventus outstanding class against Barcelona. And for me to say that about Juventus uh, basically yeah. tells you how well they played. And uh, Atalanta, definitely the highlight. Giampiero Gasparini's best game as a manager ever. Agreed. Ever. Agreed. Hands down. Took Ajax to school, but we'll we'll dig a little deeper into that, and then we'll talk about some of the other Champions League results. That, uh, and then we'll talk about who's out of the, who came out of the groups. Yep. I guess we knew a lot of that came out of the groups, but uh, let's get started. Uh, let's jump right in. Started with Lazio and Bruges. The theme of Lazio this year: survive, survive, survive. It, <laughs> what's so crazy about this is at one point, Borussia Dortmund was losing the Zenit. Lazio was winning, and Lazio was on pace to win the group. Yeah, and then things just almost fell off the rails, almost completely fell off the rails. So Dortmund goes up, Dortmund beats Zenit, which is fine, but Bruges comes back. They were down to ten men too, weren't they? They were down to ten men. Yeah, they were down to ten men. Bruges Got a red card early on yeah. in the game, thirty ninth minute. They did it with ten men. They tied Lazio. And they almost beat Lazio at the end. Yeah, Lazio just hung on for dear life. Uh, let's talk about this game. Let's talk about this Lazio game. So, yeah, let's do it. Lazio, you know, up to nothing. Oh, sorry, they were they were up one nothing really quick, and then Vormer scored in the three minutes later to tie it up. 
Cheeto wins a penalty. Cheeto wins a penalty. Good penalty, which you yeah. said, running into the channels, that's what he does. Yeah. Game in, game out. No one can stop him. He's the best in the world. Yeah. Gets a penalty goal. Yeah. And then... Uh, and then, this is my criticism of Simone Inzaghi. He thought, uh, the way the game was going, he very much wanted to sit back, lock down, which is yeah. Lazio's your strength. Yeah. Let Club Rouge come to us because we have the advantage. Yeah. Let them expose themselves, right? Let them open up. Uh, Club Rouge, that's exactly what they did. They played Lang, their number 10. Noah Lang, small little skilled player, causing a lot of trouble. They had uh, the Catalera up front, tall, big, young youth product, Vormer, Rude Vormer, Vanekin. So a lot of big players. Yeah. And they were bombarding the box with uh, lots of crosses. So it was an intense game for the Lazio defense. Yeah. Definitely. And definitely. Uh, my criticism of Simone Inzaghi was after that 2-1 goal, he made a plethora of substitutions in the 75th minute. He brought on Gonzalo Escalante, Felipe Quesedo, and Akbar Pro. He didn't really change the system, kept the system the same. But he took off your leading goal scorer, your best creative midfielder. Now, I disagree with that sub because a minute later, Bruges <laughs> yeah. scores. And now you're without your top goal scorer. On. Yeah. And if and if they and if they were to concede again, it'd be an uphill task yeah. for. And Club Bruges almost scored again in the ninety the injury time, right? Last kick of the game, yeah. they smashed the crossbar. The Catalier, whatever his name is, uh, the striker, young Belgian, smashes the crossbar. Lazio just hanging on by a thread yeah. through to the last uh, round of sixteen. Yeah, I didn't. That, I think that. That's that second yellow on Soul Ball and that red card ejection on him because of the, the the two yellow cards. Lazio fully took their foot off the gas. Yeah, they did. They did. And when you have a team here like this is this is the mentality of of Club Bruges. If I'm in there, if I'm in their head, we know we're going to Europa League because Zenit yeah. Zenit can't Zenit's catch us. Done. Zenit's done. We're down to 10 men. We have an opportunity to move into the round of 16. We got nothing to lose. The worst that could happen is we go into Europa League. They almost did it. Yeah, they did. That is a team. That mentality, I have to commend them because they took it to Lazio with 10 men. Listen, they're a great team. They are they a great tons team. Tons of talent. They are a great team, and they're a big team. They are a big team. They're tall, technical. Yeah. They have a lot of variety in this team. Yeah. Uh, Pepe Reina made a mistake. Yeah, he didn't he, have a great game. Something he doesn't normally do, but yeah, he had a poor game. Yeah. Lazio, very lucky. Riding their luck out. Yeah. But it is working, whether it's the right approach. So far, it has been, but who knows? We'll see down the line yeah. who they get paired up with now. Yeah. It, it, now the finishing second in the group, they're going to have a tough... They're going to... It's going to be tough, but teams are going to struggle playing Lazio if they do this sit-back approach yeah. at the same time. Yeah. This is good for for tournament-style football. Yeah. In the league, this really doesn't work because then you no. gotta you got to bring the tack sometimes yeah. to teams. You can't always sit back. But in a tournament style of football, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of tactics Simone Inzaghi incorporates because he's going to have to change his strategy, I think, Big time. if he falls behind in a game. Big time. Which I don't think Lazio has been behind once. No, but... The thing is now the teams that you can possibly get paired up with no, are you are yes. you a t- are you Lazio's not that team to go ahead like are, are they gonna are they gonna go ahead of like a, if they get paired with Real Madrid do you really think that a team like Real Madrid's gonna fall behind to a Lazio I don't think so 
Yeah. Not in this tournament. No, Real Madrid showed why. Yeah. They're the best, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But, but yeah, it'll be uh it'll be interesting because yeah. the who they can be paired up with, there's a lot of big teams. Like yeah. you said, it can be uh looking at Bayern, Real Madrid, Man, Man City, City, Liverpool, Chelsea. Let me just say all the English clubs finish first except Man U, the only one out. Yeah. Uh they can get paired up with PSG as well. So they're playing a big team. They're playing a big team regardless. They're playing a big team. Yeah. It will be interesting to see where Lazio is in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. It will be. The other big European superpowers. It will be. And on the other side, if you're Club Brugge, you got nothing to be ashamed about. You almost made it through doing it with 10 men against a Lazio team. And uh, if I'm I'm those Europa League teams, I don't want to face Club Brugge. No, they're going to be a handful. They're going to be a handful in the round of 32 there. So nothing to be ashamed about. You're still in Europe. You can stay. So now if I'm... is it the second place teams in Europa League get paired with the Champions League? Teams? I believe so. I think first, I would assume, right? Yeah, the first place I believe teams no. First place teams don't get paired with. Yeah, don't get paired. It, it it's strange because it's uneven, right? So there's yeah. a couple of first place teams. I think it goes on the coefficient or like the the teams like yeah. ranking in Europe. I'm not 100 percent sure, but the draw will be coming up anyway. Yeah, the draw will be coming up. Fixtures. So we'll after the Europa League games finish today, we'll. They'll, I'm sure they'll, they're going to do the draw, I think, next week or something like that. I don't yeah. know. But anyways, Lazio, at the end of the day, just to conclude, Lazio, lucky to get through. Survival mode, theme of the season for them. Strong, good team spirit, though. Yeah. I love the positivity in this camp. Yeah. You have certain players showing up when it matters, like Korea and Milinkovic Savic showing their quality. Yeah. Immobile, efficiency. That's what defines them right now uh, their leaders are stepping up to the plate and pushing them across the line definitely so that being said I mean did you is, was there anything you really wanted to say about the other game in the group uh, the Zenit game not much they like you said Borussia Dortmund was was on the verge of finishing second yeah. behind Lazio at one point and then Axel Witzel came yeah. out and saved uh, Borussia 78th minute strike outside the 18 Nice little finish. Yeah. So, so congratulations to Dortmund on that win. Dortmund finishes first in this group of Group F. Yep. Dortmund finishes first. Lazio finishes second. Club Brugge finishing third and going into the Europa League. And Zenit is going home. See you later. Thank you for participating. <laughs> Seriously. Now, let's move on to Juventus Barcelona. Yes. Wow. Yeah, you wow praising them. So I'll let you praise them right now. The, this Juve team, this this is the Juventus team. This is the Juventus that I fear. Yes. I fear. I agree. This is a Juventus team that is capable of running away with the Scudetto. This is a Juventus team that is capable of going to the finals of the Champions League. And anything can happen in the final. If they play like this consistently, watch out. For me right now, behind Bayern Munich, they're probably the best team in Champions League right now. Like the way they dominated Barcelona, and we wrote them off because we said, you know what, they have to overcome, they have to win three nothing, and they did it. And they did it. Yeah. Everyone's saying, oh, you know, Penaldo, two two penalties. Those two penalties were deserved, and the reason why those fouls happened is because Barcelona panicked and they didn't know what to do or how to handle them. Which is just Ronaldo's presence. Yeah. 
Yeah. He wins the first penalty. Yeah. The second one was a handball by Langley on um, McKenney. He chests it around the six-yard box, tries to get a pass. And Langley sticks his hand up. Ronald takes a penalty. Sits Ter Stegen down twice. Uh, But on that note, McKenney, that goal. Yeah, that was oh, fire. God, that scissor kick was that unbelievable. Was fire. It was picturesque. Yeah, that's like beautiful. A, that's a poster that you'd hang up in your room. Beautiful. This, sorry, yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, this was dubbed as the Messi-Ronaldo derby. This perfectly sums up their careers. Yeah. Messi's the artist, probably the most attractive on the eye, but not always winning. Ronaldo is just cutthroat, brutal, gets the job done, wins. That defines their careers. Yeah. Messi's the artist. Ronaldo's the machine and it showed this summed up their entire careers I thought beautifully and uh, one other player pulling back the clock yeah my gotta gosh. give him 42 respect 42 years old gonna be 43 very soon I think he stopped Messi I think had 11 shots in yeah. this game on his own uh, I'm sorry for doubting, I'm sorry for doubting you Gigi you, you gave us a glimpse he made 7 saves man of the match Man of the match. Yeah, if he, it wasn't Ronaldo, it was Buffon. Yeah, wow. I wouldn't give Ronaldo the man of the match. I'd give it to Buffon. Yeah, Buffon, Buffon was... Holy cow. And you can that's see... Wor- that performance was worthy enough of uh, putting Chesney back on the bench. He saved seven shots from Messi, man. Seven. I get it. It was an outstanding performance, and I commend the man. But I don't know if this guy can do it week in and week out. That's true. That's right? true. The way Pirlo is rotating... You know, you see Chesney playing two out of three games, Buffon playing one out of three games. I like it. Chesney gets the rest he needs, and you know that. And it was, and it was a game with no pressure too. That's, it, that's yeah, the thing. That's true. It was no pressure, right? That's why Buffon played. There was no pressure yeah. in this game. Realistically, you lose, you lose. You, yeah, you didn't matter. But Pirlo got it totally right. This Barca team looked totally flat-footed. They still look like they're a disaster with everything yeah. that's going on in upper management. But you can see at the end of the game, Messi grabbed Buffon, tugging Buffon right away, saying he wants that jersey for the. <laughs> so goes to show you the amount of respect that John Luigi Buffon oh, he's, he's legendary. Gets. Yeah, he's a, he's a legend, hands down. But uh, you know what? If he if for whatever reason uh, Pirlo starts giving him more starts and he continues playing like this, yeah, dare I say. Maybe he should get his position back in La Nazi. No, <laughs> never. No, 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 no. But uh, no, no. Sorry. What it, did you think of the three-five-two formation Juve worked? Brought in? I think it, that was the first it, time it, they played a three-man back. It worked really well. I liked Alexandro there. Juan Cuadrado played a great game. Picked up an assist. I like. You know what we I said like last it. podcast? Bonucci, his weakness was yeah. not having enough cover. I think Pirlo did this kind of as an experiment because yeah. Uh, Delict Bonucci isn't the strongest pairing. Delict. You had Danilo there too, right? Exactly. So you had Danilo and Delict yeah. covering for Bonucci, who could do his thing on the ball, which is his strength to spring those passes yeah. across the field. He uh, is a very good passer of the ball, Bonucci. And I think that three man defense is key to yeah. Juve's success the past uh, nine, nine years. Nine, ten years. Yeah. Uh, the midfield worked phenomenally. At Arthur, you're holding. Yeah. Midfield Arthur played anchor. well against the former team. Ramsey played well too. Ramsey was I loved how Ramsey Ramsey yeah. performed in between the lines, connecting with the four line in the uh yeah. in the midfield and McKenney was just your number eight running back and forth, yeah. stopping Cuadrado. Just keeps performing. This guy is uh yeah, Pirlo got it right. Great Pirlo got it right. And I, you know, on I the th- other th- on the other hand, you gotta give it to Messi. Messi played really oh, well this Matt, game. Messi was Messi was outstanding this game. But like everybody said, else, Arojo, Arojo 
Langlet, Alba. The defense was terrible. Oh, my. Like, the only th- good thing out of the defense was Dest. That was it. Yeah. And Terstegen, not that well. Like, De Jong played well. Pjanic played okay in the Pia- midfield. Pjanic is already asking to leave. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I think he, he came out and said oh he misses God. Italy already. Yeah. Grass is never greener, my friend. You should no. have stayed. No. Barcelona and Real Madrid are a thing of the past. I don't know what it is with players wanting to play with for them. Yeah. Just because of their prestige. But these yeah. clubs, you know what? Yeah. Create a name for yourself at, at the club you're at. Yeah. Stop true. chasing uh, these dreams. Now, just to confirm, I don't know if you know this. I don't know. Does, because Juve and Barca were in the same group, they can't play each other. They can't play each other, no. Okay. So now you have Barca at the second seed. That can't play Juve. So Barca could be paired up with Man City. Yeah, so Barca right now, yeah, they can... They can't be paired up with Madrid. They can get Bayern again. They can get Bayern again. (laughs) Bayern's been their Achilles heel the last couple years. So their pool is Bayern, Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Dortmund, and PSG. So... That, that's what we're talking about, Juve. Imagine Juve finished second. That, that would have been their... Yeah. Juve, Juve can't play Atalanta or Lazio. They can't play Atalanta or Barca. Or Barca. So, so they're faced with Atletico Madrid, Borussia Mönchengladbach, Porto, uh, Sevilla, and RB Leipzig. So I like their more, chances. More beatable teams. I like their chances. That's why that that this game was more important than it seemed. Yeah. And Pirlo hit the nail right on the head. They played with no pressure. Yeah. Played free. And uh, it showed in this performance. Yeah. They were excellent. Congratulations and, to Juventus. And Barcelona are only three points above relegation right now in La Liga. That is crazy. That's how much they're struggling. That is uh, crazy. Yeah. So. Crazy. Just quickly. Good luck, Barcelona. Yeah, seriously. Quickly, uh, just a quick shout out to Dinamo Kiev from the same group beating Ferenc Varos. Yeah, against Europa League. So Europa League. That was an important game for both teams. Dinamo Kiev getting the job done. So Dinamo Kiev will be in the Europa League. I don't think they're going to make it past around a 32 because they look awful, to be honest yeah. with you. But uh, to, to round out the group, you have Juventus sitting at number one, finishing the winning the group. You have Barcelona finishing second. Dinamo Kiev goes to Europe. And Ferenc Varos, thanks for coming. You're going home. I think we all knew that was going to happen. Yeah. But hope you enjoyed your first ever campaign in the Champions League. Yeah, they were uh, they were good. Yeah. They were good. So uh, let's move on to the next Italian team. The Total best. football. This is Giampiero Gasparini's hands down. I've never seen Atalanta play like this before. I was going to say, although Juve... Played yeah. amazing. I'm going to say this was the best performance yeah. uh, of all the Italian teams. Yeah. Wow. Giampiero, his tactics. Giampiero Gasparini took, uh, were next took level. Ten Hag to school in this game. Yeah, Ten Hag, he, he wasn't bad himself either, Ten Hag. That goes to show how yeah. good Gasparini was this game. Yeah. Ten Hag's game plan was, uh, I thought, pretty decent, but Gasparini just outcoached him. Uh, and what can you say about the best center back in Italy right now? Christian Romero. Wow. Outstanding. Wow. He's going to be snatched up by oh, someone. Yeah. He is. Uh, he came from Genoa last year. Yeah. Genoa. Genoa. I think he was linked with Juve in the past, but yeah. uh, they didn't go for him. And now look at this guy. Yeah, this guy's a stud. This guy fits this system really, really, really he well. He does. Gasparini's figured out this yeah. team. The approach is completely different. I, yeah. I'll go into it a bit. If, uh, go for it. Gasparini. So the, the basics of the tactics were, uh give you the basic rundown. They wanted to play a midfield block. So they didn't look to press too high up the field. They didn't sit too deep. It was basically about clogging the center of the field, 
Ajax set up in a 4-2-3-1 system, Atalanta in a 3-4-1-2 system. So Ajax was, uh, their whole game plan was slow passing. They wanted to keep possession, pass slow, suck Atalanta in, and then hit them on the break in the spaces. But Atalanta wasn't willing to get caught into that game. They weren't falling for the bait. They kept their positions, everybody. And Ajax didn't get their first shot on net till right before the half. Uh, And then they kind of figured it out a bit, Ajax, going into the second half. They changed their approach a bit. But Atalanta, too, in that first half, they were excellent when they had the ball. So when they had the ball, they essentially kept their uh, same formation. They would rely mostly on possession. Same thing. They try and bait Ajax in, look for the spaces. Ajax uh, were pressing. Atalanta would find some spaces with their wingers, had the Borgosans. They could never really get the goal because at the same time, Atalanta didn't want to move away from that shape. And you never really saw Zapata, Papu Gomez, or Pacina really commit runs into the channels, which I liked. They played more conservative defense first, and it completely worked. Going into the second half, Eric Ten Hag made a big adjustment in just the mentality of the Ajax team, the approach. Uh, Anthony, probably one of their more skillful wingers, came on. Uh, didn't come on, sorry, he was already on the field. But he started running at yeah. Golsons and Dijmisti. Gave them a few problems here and there. But eventually, Atalanta was able to deal with them yeah. through uh, great defending. And uh, that's when we saw the introduction of uh, Yasklan Huntelar. Talifico was brought off. That's when Tanheg had to go for it. He just went for it. That's when... Uh, Gasparini at the same time made his move, brought on Luis Muriel. Yeah. He knew Ajax was going to completely open up now in the back. Yeah. Luis Muriel makes a perfectly timed run, slots in the goal. And that's pretty much the story in layman's terms. It was, uh, he read the game perfectly. Team management, perfect. His entire performance, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Eric Ten Hag, like I said, he he had some really good tactics too. Dropping midfielders to play as a... as a kind of Registas yep. in a three-man defense, he was trying to do everything, but he could not break down this Atalanta defense, no. which we've always thought was a weakness of theirs. They yeah. completely, they, well. they completely got rid of that weakness, and it was uh, very impressive to see yeah. from Giampiero Gasparini. Yeah. And you can see that once, once Muriel scored, yeah, and Ajax started to open up, yeah, you could see Hans Hattabor start going for it too, yes. ripping up that right side. Ripping up that right side, cutting in. What more can you say about Hans? Hans oh, he's the Dutchman. Outstanding. Outstanding. Golini, Golini though, had the most defining moment of the game uh, when uh, Klassen. So this was Ajax's best chance, the only real chance they created. Yeah. There was a quick passing uh, play. Klassen was at the end of the passing play. He got within probably three feet of the six-yard box. Smashes the ball as hard as he can. Golini stands big, makes a save, keeps the game at 0-0, allowing Atalanta to get that chance. So along with the tactics and that huge save by Golini, didn't have much to do, but in that instant, he, uh, you know, that's a game-changing save there. And he helped. He did his role. Everyone did their role in this game, and it was just outstanding. I haven't seen a, a greater performance from an Italian team in a long, long time. Oh, it was good. It was really good. And the thing I had, the thing that I want to say about this Atalanta team is I wouldn't want to play this Atalanta team in the round of 16. No, if they're, if they're so Gasparini, his biggest weakness has always been 
live by the sword, die by the sword. Yeah. Is that approach kind of like Conte, who we get into? <laughs> but it was always high press. We saw it in the PSG game last year. Yeah, uh, I think it was the quarterfinal game. It was PSG. They went man for man, high press, suffocate yeah. them right in the end. You don't do that against a team like PSG when you have fast, skilled, quick players who can beat their first man, and yeah. then they have a acres of space to run into. It just it's not going to work. No. It give, you know, players like Neymar and Mbappe, they thrived on that. And uh, Atalanta got, even though they held on, they were very lucky to yeah. be in that position to hold on to the 90th minute before they conceded to Chopo Moting's goal. Yeah. Uh, and this goes to show the maturity and the evolution of this team yeah. to what they become now. And yeah. like you said, if, if any team were to play them, you got to worry. They, be, to. they beat Liverpool. Yeah, they beat Liverpool. It wasn't a fluke. And wh- where Atalanta sits in the standings, for them to make top four, it's it's quite a mountain to climb because Serie A is so competitive this year. So if you're Atalanta, if you're thinking of, you're way into the Champions League next year, it's more likely if you win the Champions League. So you can think... I'm not saying Atalanta's going to go and win the Champions League, but I'm saying they're going to focus... Very much on this Champions League because they're where they're sitting in the Serie A, they know they got nothing to lose and everything to gain. That is dangerous, and anything can happen over two ties. We saw how far they made it. I think they learned from their mistake in PSG and falling apart at the end. I mean, they were yeah. exhausted. Yeah, what, what more do you want from them? I just I wouldn't want to play them. I wouldn't want to play them. I think what benefits Atalanta too compared to why they're struggling in Serie A is because in Serie A, everyone knows Atalanta now. They're no longer under the radar. No, they're one of the they're big the boys. Radar. They're one of the big boys yeah. now. They're considered. So teams are willing to sit back against them. Yeah. And that gives Atalanta trouble. Why it's working for them in Champions League is because teams still think they're better than Atalanta. Yeah. We can take the game to them. We'll break them down. You know, we have the confidence that in our And it's going to be that way all the yeah, And that's what's going to benefit It's going to be that way all now, the way through Exactly. Now. So. Right? And now that, like I was saying, he adopted this approach now of defensive yeah. counterattack. Yeah. Be, be like killers, man. You pick you pick your chance to attack as opposed yeah. to always looking to attack. Yeah. It reminds me very much of that Bayern Barcelona performance uh, when uh, back in the Schweinsteiger Muller days. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name. Oh my God, former Real Madrid, former Bayern coach. He uh, clogged up the midfield. Gomez, Muller, they destroyed uh, Barcelona, I think, 7-2 in aggregate yeah, or something crazy. I don't know. It was a crazy number. It was the first time Barcelona were destroyed by Bayern. That, these tactics reminded me very much that Gasparini played very much of that uh, team. And uh, they impressed me. So yeah. watch out. out. Watch out, everybody. Look out. And then... Congratulations to Atalanta making it through very well deserved best game by far that they've ever, they've played this season and Giampiero Gasparini's ever coached in his but, life. Yeah, there you go. Best team performance by an Italian team. Yeah, I think in a long, long time. In Definitely. The, in the if Italian teams were to play like this more often, you'd see the Italian teams going far all the time in the competition. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This was, this was a callback to the glory days. It, yeah. <laughs> small, small callback. And then in the other meaningless game, uh, Liverpool tying Michelin 1-1. It was, a fr- it was like a friendly. Two winning goals disallowed through VAR. Yeah. Klopp uh, continuing to complain. He complained about that. Uh, 
But it was a nothing game. Yeah, it was a nothing game. Liverpool still finishes first place in the group, in Group D. Atalanta finishing second place with 11 points. Ajax claiming that Europa League spot with seven points. They're going into the round of 32 in Europa League. And then Michieland, thanks for coming. Hope you enjoyed your first campaign. Now go home. Yeah, it was a good one. <laughs> it was a good one. <laughs> it was a good one. I- Ajax is going to be interesting in uh, Europa League now. Yeah. There are some interesting teams going into Europa League now. Where it, this is this is why the tournament gets serious now. Yeah, Euro- right? yeah Europa League isn't. I know it's always looked at as like the. Uh, it's the, not the easy. Ugly sister or the ugly brother of. Yeah. of Wait the till UEFA, people start seeing the Europa Conference League, the third tier. <laughs> Next That's year. the brother you keep up in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. But uh, the Europa League is a respectable competition. There's so many good teams now these days. Yeah. Europa League, I, I like it as a competition. I joke around that whatever is boring, but I, I actually truly enjoy it. It's a good tournament. You get, it's more pure in a way. It's yeah. not as commercialized, I find. That's no, why I like not. it. But anyway, off to the next game. All right, let's move on. Inter Milan. The Shamanades. <laughs> Tying 0-0 to Shakhtar Donetsk. I'm just going to let Giuliano go with this. This is... Tell me what the media said after the game. So we know the result. Inter finished last for the first time, like we already said, in Champions League history. Well, the media, you know, I mean, Fabio Capello calling out Antonio Conte. No determination. Like, what were you thinking? And this is that's how Fabio Capello is. He's very abrasive. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, he, yeah, asked, he chose he chose to go to England training over his son's wedding. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the type of man Capello is. Yeah, <laughs> like no like no shame. So loves his football. He does, and he he fully full out criticized Antonio Conte, saying, "You guys didn't want it. You guys didn't play with no determination like you wanted this game." And Conte obviously getting visibly frustrated. Uh, tell, I think he told the reporters, think before you ask questions. Yeah, he, did. he was very mad. And uh, the other thing uh, that Fabio Capello says, do you even have a plan B? <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Like, they just, he just fully ripped up Antonio Conte. And I'm not going to say too much because I want Giuliano to take this. Obviously, this is his inter, inter is his baby. So, um, I mean, they, they couldn't get the job done. Real Madrid did you guys the favor. That goes to show you the difference. Real Madrid, they win when it matters. Yeah. That's what makes them such a great team. Yeah. They can be third place in the group, going last day, yeah. no pressure, cool as cucumbers. Benzema makes it look so easy. Smash Mucinglavlak. Benzema, the best player on the day. Borussia Mucinglavlak had one shot on net. <laughs> like, that's how you... Took him to school. That's how you do it. Took him to school. So, But for this game... Yeah. I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I know uh, Conte out is trend, is trending now. Everyone wants him out. All the Inter fans. I'm on the fence a bit in regards to this game. Conte has been a very polarizing figure. He's really bothered me with his tactical choices. Uh, on that regard, Shakhtar though as well. I'm gonna bring this out. Luis Castro played like a complete coward. His team set up. This is where I agree with Conte because he said in his interview he did not expect them to come out like this. I'm sorry, Shakhtar, but you are in this group. You're in this competition to advance into the knockout stages of the Champions League. I don't care if your Europa League position's in jeopardy. If you lose to Inter, you play this competition to get a knockout stages. You don't play this game to uh, for this result. Well, and- they, they sat five men back, three in front, and then, and then two. The entire game. Shakhtar didn't attempt to score a goal. 
they just attempted made their attempts when inter opened up and it was shameful Shakhtar's approach so i just want to get that off luis castro played like a complete coward i don't care if they got into europa league and they see that as a success that's a loser mentality you go for the win and that's it conte now people will say well that's a bit hypocritical conte showed a loser mentality too because he didn't go for the win he didn't go for the win see for me there's two sides to the story Yes, he probably for me he could have set his team up better. He could have. I didn't the starting lineup. He should have. He should have the starting lineup. I've had issues with it from day one. He keeps on bringing out the same players in the midfield every time. Yeah, the gallery ran didn't, the same set, same back three, same back for three, third or fourth game in a row, which worked. It works. It worked. They played well. It worked. Well. It worked because well. Shakhtar didn't even bother coming up the field. Yeah. They played Shakhtar offense for yeah. five minutes this game. Ashley on Kakimi. So he did go very offensive. He, like he said, he played two points on the wings. Hakimi, Ashley Young, two offensive players. Lukaku, Lautaro up front, your, your other two offensive options. So they were the offense. They were the ones supposed to be creating the goals, scoring the goals. Then he had his shield in front of the defense, Gallardini, Brozovic, the deep line playmaker. Barella, your number eight, running back and forth, who also likes to pitch in as a number 10, which is an issue. I don't think Barella is a number 10. He's not a number 10. He's not a creative player. I know he... He can pop in with some creativity yeah. every once in a while. But he's not consistent with it. Because that's not, not the kind of player he is. He's not. And we saw the player that came in in the last 10 minutes of the game. He created more than any of those midfielders did in those 10 minutes. Yeah. And uh, we'll get to him in a second. Now, my issue with this game is Antonio Conte's tactics, I didn't actually mind them. Again, he sat a, a kind of a midfield block expecting Shakhtar to kind of... This was essentially a, a chess match. Conte was expecting Shakhtar to attack. To open up. Luis Castro had other plans to sit back the entire time so you just had two teams kind of waiting for each other like two boxers in the ring waiting to see who's going to throw the first punch that's kind of how this game went inter eventually started playing a bit more on the front foot started creating chances lautaro martinez smashes the bar now this is where my issue is inter we can say conte's tactics weren't great yada 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 at the end of the day they had 20 shots on net i mean 20 shots four on target which is not good for 20 shots. No. And that comes down to your offensive players. Lautaro Martinez has been absolutely horrendous this season. He needs 15 shots to score one. He So he needed probably another three more shots to score this game because he had like a dozen and he missed every single time. Uh, terrible, this game, Lautaro Martinez. So how, how can you blame Conte for Lautaro not being able to finish? Another problem in this game, Lukaku. You're supposed to be a leader in this team. Does not get the job done when it matters to this guy. This is why Lukaku is another polarizing figure. He is Inter's hero right now in the moment. Yep. At the same time, he's almost Inter's biggest villain. Okay, because yep. in Inter's two biggest games since Conte's been in charge at the mantle, where I'd say the Sevilla Europa League final and this game. Yep. Lukaku scores the goal in the Europa League final, and then he has a chance to clinch the win. With a breakaway, he misses. Bono saves him. Then what does he do? He scores an own goal for Sevilla to win the Europa League title. Okay? That's Lukaku there. Now you go the second biggest game in his uh, career with Inter and Antonio Conte's career. Alexis Sanchez gets a clear header on net. Lukaku, flat-footed, standing in an offside position, no awareness whatsoever in the, in the build-ups that play, smashes his head. It looks like it's going in. I'm pretty sure that was going in. Smashes his head, gets cleared. 
and all he can do is shrug his shoulders and be like oh put his hands on his head oh my god that's Lukaku in a nutshell this guy can be a hero for you but then he can also be your worst player on the field at the same time he's a very a very frustrating player Inter needs another player to accompany him because he can't do it on his own it's that obvious he's not able to drag Inter past the line uh the other thing about Conte where I can maybe blame him for a little bit he kept Gallardini on way too long Gallardini was at a risk for the second yellow in the first half I was surprised he didn't take him off at half and bring on uh Erickson now Erickson was brought on in the 85th minute with Manteo uh Darmian Daniele D'Ambrosio Erickson took off Martinez who was gassed I'm glad Lautaro came off because he was garbage I don't care if he's a striker or not complete garbage this performance Bassoni came off because uh I think D'Ambrosio is more of a goal threat he scored a lot of clutch goals Hakimi comes off that I didn't understand Darmian's not a goal scorer yeah you take off your best offensive option that made no sense top it off yeah you bring on these guys the 85th minute 85th minute you keep your subs way too long again way too late erickson shows what he can do in 10 minutes he does 10 times more than barella gallardini brozovic combined in 10 minutes tests uh trubin putting in tons of balls into the box his corner kicks are beautiful interlooked more deadly in those 10 minutes than the entire game yeah and uh, that's what Conte got grilled for after the, the game. What is your plan B? Why do you not play Ericsson? And he has no answer. And, that, and Conte can be blamed for that stubbornness. His stubbornness and his attitude is it's absolute garbage. It's not that it of is. a top manager. No. And uh, that's the disappointing part with Conte. And he needs to change something because me, I'm putting more so the blame on the players this game than Conte. But at the same time, Conte has failed in this competition year in, year out. And there's got to be an underlying reason for it. And I think it's his attitude. It's the way he motivates the team. It's the way he sets up his team. He's afraid to play a certain profile of player. And uh, he holds his teams back with, with that style. I'm sorry. Erickson walks into a lot of the top teams in the world. He doesn't get subbed off at the the 60th minute like Conte does when he does start a game and doesn't get brought in in the 90th minute like he does when he gets oh. subbed in. It's an, it's an embarrassment, that aspect. And uh, I just need a sip of water, so go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree with you 100%. I would blame the players first and foremost. But I would give more of the blame to Antonio Conte than you are. And there's my reason why. You are the you're paid eleven million a year, coaches team and reap success. You saw what Ajax did. Ajax went for it because they knew and Club Bruges. Yeah, and Club Bruges. They went for it because they had nothing to lose and everything to gain. Conte had nothing to lose because he knew he was on his way out of the Champions League and Europa League. And I know it was like and it was like they didn't get into yeah. You third, have fourth nothing to lose. Where's your desperation? If I'm Antonio Conte, and I don't need 11 million a year to make this choice, and I think 90% of soccer fans don't need 11 million to make this choice. If I'm Antonio Conte, I'm not even starting Gagliardini. I'm going as Me offensive. Neither. And Lautaro Martinez, how many shots? 12? This game? Oh, I, I was joking. Uh, I'll find the, the real stat. But he had, 
He had five shots this game. Five shots. Okay. Hit the bar. It's not. It's he not does, going. He, no, he doesn't know how to finesse a shot. Yeah. This guy. He has the power. Everything. Exactly. It's not going. Stupid. You out. Sanchez in right now. And Sanchez made a difference. He did. Yeah. But it was too late. It was too late. It was too late. You needed creativity in that midfield. Clearly, you need, it was screaming for it. Erickson and Sanchez come on at halftime for me. Yep. I agree. Hit. 45 minutes? 45 minutes with those two guys alone on the field? So let me say the other stuff. So he brought on Ivan Pedisic for Ashley Young at the 68th minute. Thinking Ivan Pedisic would be whatever. Yeah. And then he brings on, like you said, our, the most creative sub, the very first creative sub. Alexis Sanchez for Gallardina in the 75th minute. Yeah. And he and he was telling Capello in the interviews, he's like, it was either I bring him on for Gallier, Erickson for Gallardini or I bring on Sanchez. I wanted to go for the win, so I brought on Sanchez. I know. So were you not did you not set up your team for the win? That's that's the like he that's said the that, question right? Marks. I'm pretty yeah. sure he, he said did that. say that. And that's the question you have to ask Conte. So did you not set up your team yeah. for the win? So like what, what But that's why I think Luis Castro's cowardly tactics really threw Conte off cuz I really think you could see Conte's approach like I said. His approach I didn't think was wrong. I think any top manager would have done the same thing. You clog up the midfield. But here's the thing. But in 45 minutes he thought Shakhtar would have wanted it more. But in 45 minutes, you saw how Shakhtar lined up for the first 45 minutes. So they're like, oh, they're not doing what I want them to, to do. Play. They're, yeah, not they're not here to play. play. Okay. I'm bringing exactly, my boys. Exactly. And that's where a $12 million manager yeah. is able to see that quick. And that's where the best Mourinho's done it before. Jules, he a, makes a sub in the a, first 20 minutes of the in the Echelenza of the amateur division would see that. Yeah, they should. Yeah. They should. That's that's where Conte is to blame. You waited too long to pull yeah. the trigger. Yeah. I liked the team setup. I wasn't. I think it could be done better, but I didn't mind the team setup. I thought the approach was good to the game. I thought it was good until you could clearly see what Luis Castro and his Shakhtar team were going to do, which I thought was a complete joke again. Yeah, cowardly. I can't believe a team that had the opportunity to go in the next round played that way. That's a team that only cares about money. Well, they're going to make more money going into the Champions League because they, they, the they would have been feels the only they Ukrainian team. The Europa but they would have been the only Ukrainian team, so they would have got a huge pile of money going to Champions League. But regardless of that, who cares? That, that's my opinion of them. And like you said, Conte waited too long to pull the trigger, make the changes. He and that no is where concept. he comes to blame. He has no awareness. How can you be a top manager? How can you be a top manager and wait that long? Yeah. And wait that long. Starting it's to wear shameful. a hat too, by the way. He is starting to wear a hat. <laughs> My God! So he has—he's watching Pepe Aquini on <laughs> on VCR still. Listen, picking up his game plans. Inter have nothing else left but the Coppa Italia and the Serie A, and their main objective has been to win the Serie A. I think if they keep going with this approach, they're not going to win a single thing this year. Conte goes, and you guys are going to go into a rebuild. You guys are worse off. Once he leaves, wow, that's why they can't get rid of him. He's too, he's too much to uh, fire. He costs too much, and on top of it, the exactly. Who, who are we gonna hire right now if Conte goes? Yeah. Allegri is your only option. If you don't get Allegri, which yeah. we can't even afford because we dropped too much money on Conte, he's gonna yeah. want more than exactly. Conte. You want me? You got to give me more than that guy. Exactly. I want more than him. That's what we would say. Exactly. Now and, uh, that's the issue right now. That's a big issue. And Live and die by Antonio Conte right now. You have to now. But the the only good thing out of this, if there is a good thing, that's a blessing out of this, is you're a scudetto contender supposedly. Yeah. 
you're a Scudetto contender in that top four and only Sassuolo that's up there with you. Now you guys don't have the midweek Europe Europe games. Now that's that, the only that's the only positive. Good positive thing about it. And that's not even I think that's not even a positive. I just think that this is an utter failure for it. It is. But that's if there if you have to really dig deep and find a, a positive here, it's now Inter can focus solely on the Scudetto and not have to worry about midweek games. And out of all the big teams now, AC Milan has to worry about Europa League. Yeah, I'm saying it's, it's only Napoli. We don't know yet. Juve still has to worry about uh, Champions, Champions League. League. So Swallow doesn't. Roma's in Europa League. Lazio's in Champions League. So you look, and Atalanta's the ninth. So you look at that. Yeah, that bracket of Scudetto contenders. Enter, and uh, let's throw Swallow in there. Are the only ones right now yeah. who they get entire week to analyze their opponent, come up with a game plan, rest. And win, rest, recover, whatever you got to do. Yeah. Antonio Conte now, when he had that uh, Juve the very first year came in, I think he went almost undefeated, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Was that the undefeated season? That was the undefeated season. Let's see if you can recreate that. There's yeah. no excuse. This talent, this Inter team has some of the most depth in the league, one, yeah. of the high, one of the highest wage bills. There's no excuse now that Inter don't win the Scudetto. They have a point advantage over Juve. If they don't win the Scudetto now, failure. Antonio Conte, it's a complete failure. Complete failure. Complete failure. Is I this know. his last season on contract? I believe so. Okay. Well. And and Milan, I know. I understand they have a five point lead, but Milan's gonna have to do the play every three days. Yeah. Inter don't have to do that anymore. That's right. And you don't take advantage of this. One, I don't think Antonio Conte is gonna get a big job again. Because if he doesn't adapt his tactics now and start playing more offensive players and change the system a bit, you're going to see it get very hairy oh, quick yeah. at Inter. 100%. He's going to feel the fans are going to be on him like oh, no tomorrow, more than they already are. So 100%. he better change something and we better start seeing better coaching because now you have a week yeah. to do it. So... And one more thing before okay. we leave Inter. I know we've been talking a lot about Inter, but they've been the most dramatic team this season. And I just want to say this team is filled with a bunch of losers, this team. Wow. You look at... Wow. <laughs> you Coming look from an Inter fan. Oh. It is. This team's filled with a bunch of chumps. They've won nothing in their careers. They all walk around like they're champions, the biggest egos in the world. No one in this team knows how to put their head down and work hard for that jersey they their body language is the worst starting with Handanovic Davrai Brozovic Lukaku Lautaro uh, all of them their body language those are just the main culprits I see their body language is the worst like children like children when things don't go their way Brozovic especially he starts flinging his arms in the air shrugging his shoulders like a kid who doesn't get what he the wants. things he wants buddy you make millions of dollars to play football play the game shut up and do what you're supposed to do because you're a goddamn good player play that way Lukaku too he is such a big baby when things don't work his way when his teammates don't get him the ball this and that he yeah. shrugs his shoulders flops his arms he stands like in, the, in an offside position flat foot and takes the ball off his head because yeah. he's not aware because his head's not in the game <laughs> that goes to show your head's not in the game yeah. 
the attitude of these players is absolute trash. And that's another part where Conte, I got to blame him. Where is the mentality that he created at Juve and this team? That's what we thought. Interfans, we thought we were going to get that. And that's the one thing he hasn't brought to this team yet is that winning mentality. These guys play like a bunch of losers still. And that's what's holding them back. Well said. That sums up the Italian teams. Let's talk quickly about that. Uh, we talked about it already, but we'll just re- really briefly talk about it. Real Madrid beating Mucin Gladblock 2 nothing. Karim Benzema showing up. Real Madrid showing up. These are winners right here. Going to school. Took, took Mucin Gladblock to school. Mucin Gladblock didn't know how to handle Real Madrid at all. And Real Madrid showing why they are a perennial champion. Yeah, these guys are like Teflon. They're not doing great in the league. Yeah. They get criticism nonstop in the media. But yeah. do you think these guys cry because someone criticizes no. them? No. Benzema has had everything in the world thrown at him for his actions off the field. But this guy does not matter. No. When he's on the field, boom, boom, goal. See you later. Benzema, he doesn't care. He's yeah. one of the best strikers in the world when he comes on the field. Varane, been absolute trash this uh, season, his worst season in his career. Yeah. And this guy, game That's matters. Right. Plays probably the best game he's played all season. Yeah. Sergio Ramos comes in again. Amazing game. Peter. Modric hasn't played great. Great game. Cruz, same thing. These guys play when it matters. Lucas Vasquez, who I gave crap for too. One of the best games he played all season. Yeah. This is what a team does. It's true. This is why Real Madrid is Real Madrid. And Borussia Mönchengladbach, they look good. They score counterattack goals. They're the new, they're the new thing, whatever. But it goes to show you the mentality. These guys are another team with a loser mentality. And it goes to show their, show their loser mentality because after the game, after they get smashed in the game where they show no nothing, nothing to win, they show nothing, no fight. They're there huddled around an iPad seeing how the enter result goes. And that's what you're hoping not to get through. Win the games on the field, yeah. not watching an iPad, yeah. relying on other teams to win. Yeah. And that's the difference between the best teams and the rest. Yeah. The best teams get it done when it matters. Absolutely. So with that being said, Real Madrid winning the group, 10 points. Mujiglad-Block, second place, 8 points. Uh, they have the head-to-head on uh, Shakhtar, who finished the group, third place on 8 points. Inter finishing dead last for the first time ever with 6 points. Real Madrid, Mucci, Gladblock, on to the round of 16. Shakhtar to Europa. Enter. See you later. Good riddance. Good riddance. So, Group A, we'll talk real quickly. Um, the Bayern Munich game really didn't mean much. Bayern Munich winning 2 nothing against Lokomotiv Moscow. Uh, basically a good run for them. Yep. Strongest team. Yeah. In they're, Champions they're, League. Yeah. They're the team to beat. They are the team to beat. Davies, Canadian's back uh, after his injury. Yeah. Played outstanding. He did. Hell of a game. Yeah. Uh, so good to see for Canadian soccer. Definitely. Uh, Atletico Madrid in that crucial playoff with RB Salzburg. Atletico Madrid winning that game, showing their experience 2 nothing. Yeah, that's what these Spanish teams do. That's what we said. Yeah. The Spanish teams know Shout how to get Shout out for the big done. game. Uh, Salzburg did have a... Ch- they hit the bar twice. Yeah. So they did have their chances. They hit the bar yeah, early on, too, them. in the game. They hit the bar really early on in the game. But then, yeah, that... But experience. That experience. Hermoso, Carrasco, the Belgian... To just get the job done. That's it. So, and yeah. So with those results, Bayern Munich obviously winning the group with 16 points. Atletico Madrid finishing second with nine points. RB Salzburg going to Europa League with four points. And Lokomotiv Moscow, thanks for coming. You're going home fourth with yeah. three points. Atletico, the first team in the Liga. 
that's going to be a team I hope UV doesn't get matched up with. Yeah, they're going to be would, tough. That would suck. Any team that finished first, you're hoping you don't get matched with Atletico Madrid. That if, would not be if, fair. If, <laughs> if the time comes when Antonio Conte has got to go, I'm sure Inter got Diego their sights set on Diego Simeone. Yeah. I think that's going to be their next coach. Uh, let's move on to Group C real quick. Worst group in the Champions League. Uh, yeah, my goodness. Uh, just, it's just nobody. I don't think anybody cared about this group. To be honest with you, yeah. This this group was uh, the yeah. epitome of why group stages and these types of competitions Mean are nothing. boring yeah. because of t- these teams. They're yeah. just exactly sixteen so, points, thirteen points, three and three. Like yeah. like Man City winning three nothing quickly over Marseille, arguably the worst team in the Champions League. Yeah, uh, Mar- and then Porto winning two nothing over Olympiacos. Like this is how pathetic this group is. So Olympiacos and Marseille both have three points. They both have. They've both only scored two goals throughout the six matches in the in the Champions League, yet Olympiacos is going through the Europa League. Like that's pathetic. Yeah, that's pathetic. Marseille going home. Manchester City and Porto finishing top two. Like with all due respect to Porto, Man City, they're good teams, but Olympiacos, Marseille. It's more so to Olympiacos and Marseille. Like, yeah. come on. Again, you're in this competition. Yeah. Like Shakhtar, play to win. Yeah. Exactly. Enough of this garbage. Exactly. So. Uh, you know, Porto is a team that I don't think I, I don't think anybody really wants to play. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough, that's gonna be a tough matchup. That defense. Three you watch Juve get Porto. You watch. Gonna be, get Porto. It'll be an interesting game. The luck of the Italians. Uh, let's move on to Group uh, E, Chelsea's group. We already knew it was going to happen here. Another English team finishing in first. Yep, Chelsea. Chelsea kind of sneaking under the radar to be one of the favorites. Yeah. They are they're, doing This game really didn't good. matter, though. No, it didn't matter. They but tied they, 1-1. They're doing really good in the Premier League. Yeah. They've gained a lot of momentum ever since the signing of uh, Edouard Mendy and Net. Yep. They bring in Kepa Aritzibagala again for this game. <laughs> he concedes a soft goal. Kepa for uh, you. Kepa, you're done, buddy. Yeah. See you later in, in January, probably. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's crazy what a goalie the difference does. I know this game didn't mean much still. But yeah. Kepa... Trash. Not shining again. Trash. At least Emerson got a an appearance finally. Yeah. So we had the two Italians, Jorginho and Emerson in this game. Good performances by both. Probably the best players on the field for them. So it's good to see the two Italians yeah. step up in this game. Then on the other side, Sevilla beating Stad Rene 3-1. to one. Yeah. And Nezidi, the Moroccan. Yeah. Two uh, actually pretty beautiful goals. Yeah. And Kunde, one of the most exciting defensive talents, Jules Kunde, the French, and uh, not international, possibly international soon. Yeah. Very exciting talent. Keeping on this kid uh, going forward. Great performance by him. Definitely. So with that, Chelsea wins the group. First place, 14 points. Sevilla finishing second, 13 points. Both are off to the round of 16. Krasnodar. First time in the Champions League, moving into the Europa League with a third spot. Stad Ren, another debutant in this season. Debutant. Debutant. Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> Au revoir to Stad Rene. They are going home with nothing. Let's move on to the last group, Group H. Um, a bit of controversy in this group. A bit of controversy in this group. Uh, we won't get into it too deeply. Um, yeah, essentially what happened, uh, alleged racial slur by Romanian fourth official to uh, Webel, yeah. former Cameroonian uh, Demba, international. Dembaba overhears. Overhears, and there was a big uh, scuffle on the sideline. Game postponed uh, to Wednesday's fixtures. Yeah, with new refs. With new, new refs, officials. new officials. Uh, UEFA is still investigating the incident. Yes, UEFA is uh, investigating. 
And the replay, PSG wins 5-1. to one. They absolutely smashed him. Yeah. Neymar, Mbappe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Uh, looking good. Looking pressure's really coming good. off. The pressure's coming off of Tuchel now. Yeah, for sure. Because he's been on the Axon block for... Uh, for a while. For a while with PSG. And we'll see how far they can go. Yeah. The most... Uh, I don't know. Most underachieving team probably in Champions League. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely. We'll see. And then moving and on then, to the arguably one of the most exciting games. Yes. Three to two. RB Talk Leipzig. about teams that want it. Eh? Yeah. RB Leipzig wanted it more. Want it. I'm sorry to the Manchester United fans, but RB Leipzig wanted this more. The slab, Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> At fault for him and De Gea were. They're yeah. the reason they lost this yeah. game. De Gea's got a goal. De Gea is a joke. He's got a goal. De Gea is a joke of a goalie. Yeah. Maguire is a joke of a defender. He just let the ball run right past him yeah. for uh, your boy to score. I know. Clivert looking like a star. So what the hell happened with Roma there? Why is Clivert looking like a star for these guys? No room for Fonseca. Yeah. No room in Fonseca's system. Roma's that much better, eh? <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what? Clivert found something that works for him. So, yeah. so the German style suits him. Nagelsmann. It does. It does. And, uh, you know, good for him. Yeah. Angelino, another outstanding performance by the Spaniard uh, yeah. left wing back. He's really good. Yeah. And uh, I guess the only the only highlight for Manchester United again with Bruno Fernandez. Bruno Fernandez, <laughs> yeah, another Portuguese penalty goal scorer. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, um, but uh, this team lives and dies by Bruno Fernandez. They oh, really yeah. do. He carries the, he his whole team. team. He is a team. He carries his whole team, and it, it's just there's there's a lot of. I think Manchester United had the same problem Inter does where there's a lot you could tell with the with the players right they just they're all they a lot bunch of, of losers yeah. yeah egos won nothing yeah. a bunch of losers you're yeah. living off of past glories you guys prove something yeah because you didn't wear those jerseys that won the uh, previous trophies you exactly. know what I mean exactly you're 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 all they're all worried about the name on the back and they are a team like a team as storied and as successful as Manchester United has been in Europe um, one of the most followed teams in the world you got to worry about the crest in the front. That yeah. is the most important thing, and none of these players. Play for even the two goals, man. You got were complete bogus. Yeah. The well, penalty, the goal. penalty was a complete. I don't even know how that was a penalty. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Greenwood was running in on in the box. Yeah, it was literally a shoulder to shoulder. I think Greenwood even went into the defender, if I remember correctly. He just collapsed the second he felt. The second he felt. Uh, the touch he collapsed there was no challenge even made and the ref calls a penalty i'm disappointed in that Big and time. know who was the ref too the celebrity ref from spain there yeah. who likes to be the center of attention yeah. he was the ref so that goes to show you uh complete joke of a penalty yeah and then on top of it the second goal uh remind me of the second goal again it's not coming to my mind that man you got the own oh, goal? Yeah. The the own, so it was goal. counted as an own goal. That's right. That's yeah. why. Because it wasn't recorded as an own goal. At first, it was recorded as a Pogba goal. But Pogba wins the header for post. Yeah. Maguire, the ball clearly hits Maguire's hand. Yeah. Okay? On the downward header. And then it bounces off Konate's thigh. And Golashi, you know, can't get yeah. to it. It goes top shelf. That's a handball. What's VAR doing in this game? I don't know. They screw up the penalty. And then they screw up on Man U's second goal. So Man U had no business even... Attempted to try a comeback here because both of their goals shouldn't have existed. Yeah. Uh, 
This team's a complete joke. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I don't know how he's in this job still. Yeah, it's ridiculous. This guy cannot manage a team like this. They've turned into almost the arsenal of the past yeah. 10 years where a, a coach keeps his job just because he gets in the Champions League. Yeah. yeah. It goes to show how much the bars dropped yeah. for this club. Oh. And it's disappointing because I used to... I. Juliano's a closet I, Man United fan. I used to like Man I'm more so for me it's the only the team I like is Inter. It's always been about the players and I used to love Rude Van Nistelrooy as a player when, yeah. when Man U at the time and Henrik Larson when he was there and Roy Keane and all the other great players that played. He there. loves Manchester United. So it's disappointing to see and I liked Go- Solskjaer as a player. He was great. Uh, it's just disappointing to see where this team's come to and yeah. see these players wearing this kit because uh they're trash. Well, I, I I would agree with you. I would agree with you. But Especially the goalie and Maguire. Yeah. Complete rubbish. Maybe they have it in them somewhere. But Solskjaer, once again, if you want to put blame on a manager, you have to see that they are the weakness. Drop them. Drop them. 100%. And if you drop them, you can't blame, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what else, that's where you come out as a manager. What else am I supposed to do? Yeah. I'm dropping my weak players. This I need new players then. Yeah, because something's on here. You know, it's not working. Exactly. So that being said, PSG winning the group, twelve points. RB Leipzig finishing in second, twelve points. Manchester United, nine points. They'll be going into the Europa League. Going to be one of the favorites instantly. I guarantee you. By the probably, bookies. probably. And uh, Basaksa here. Go home. See you later. <laughs> So that wraps up Champions League. Obviously, Europa League taking place later today. Um, we'll see what happens there. Yep. But uh, let's move on to my favorite time. It's Serie A match day 11. Oh, God, I love this league. The only uh, thing that matters. <laughs> to me? To me, I love Serie A. Um, start with the first game. First game actually takes place on Friday, 2.45. Domani. Sassuolo hosting Benevento. Uh, interesting game here. Yeah, both teams got their last win three matches ago. Yeah, uh, both struggling at the moment. Yeah, definitely. It's gonna be a weird one. Sassuolo is. I don't know anymore how to call their games. Yeah, I don't know how to call Sassuolo. I think I agree with you that Sassuolo's lost a lot of gas in the tank. Uh, did you say that? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. That's essentially yeah. what I said. They've lost a lot of gas in the tank, and uh, it goes. They, Clearly, like how how important Chicho Caputo is to this team. Mind you, they've played they played a lot of big teams recently. Like yeah. they, they did play Napoli. They beat. They played. I'm gonna throw Verona in there as a big team because they've been yeah. performing. They played Verona. They beat, and then they lost to Inter, and then they tied Roma. So they played a lot of big teams. Yeah, so maybe so. that kind of plays into the form. Yeah. Could be. Could be a going up against a Benevento team that's who. They've recently drawn. Who's going to uh, show up? Like I don't know what kind of Benevento team is going to no. show up. This, this is a Benevento who drew, so- drew Parma, drew Juve, beat Fiorentina, lost to Benevento. I mean, yeah. lost to Spezia, yeah. lost to Verona, lost to Empoli in the uh, yeah. Coppa Italia. So well, what Benevento are we going to get? Yeah, here? exactly. You know, looking at this game, looking at looking at how these teams line up, Sassuolo is obviously going to come out in an attacking formation. It's going to really put the pressure on Benevento. People on Zaghi, if he's smart, is going to set up in the counter-attack, soak in the pressure. Um, I think it might be a bit of a grind, but I think Sassuolo wins this game. Yeah, the question is, yeah, does people, does he learn from how Sassuolo can be shut down? Because Inter Roma gave you a, a clinic on how you can shut these guys down. Yeah, but Inter and Roma have better players to do it. 
Benevento again one of the worst defenses so yeah you'd have to give Sassuolo the edge I'd expect them to completely overrun him on the wings I think so that's where Sassuolo's strength is Berardi is due for a good game he hasn't been on uh no on and point recently I'm sure we'll see Locatelli show up too yeah, Locatelli, he's, he's been solid, but yeah, he hasn't been uh, yeah, he hasn't the been. same since the international break. Exactly, exactly. But let's move on to the next game. So we're both telling you it takes a swallow. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next game here. Crotone are welcoming Spezia at the Stadio Izio Schida. Now, your favorite team. Oh, my God. If Crotone doesn't get something out of this game, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're doing, but they're a, they're they're a mess. I mean, Crotone. This is how it, Crotone's garbage, hands down. <laughs> they they got no morale. They're they're completely at a at the at a at a low point. Going up against a Spezia side that's been relatively playing relatively really well, and uh, would know how important it is to win this game. Both teams know how important three points for this game is. Both teams played each other last year. It's been over a month since Crotone picked up a point. Yeah, well, that's no a surprise. draw against Torino. That's no surprise. It's not saying much. It's not saying much. So this will be an interesting game. I'm just going to, in Serie B, the last two games they played, August 31st, 2019, Crotone won 2-1, and then they played again on January 26th of 2020. Spezia ended up winning 2-1 although Crotone ended up getting a red card in that game. Yeah. So that's the history between these two and most recent games. Uh, well, if Crotone is going to win a game, this is the game to win, and I, but I still don't think they're going to win. They're just so out of form. Yeah, they look like Spezia's garbage. Spezia's been playing great, but this is where the Spezia get too confident, Yeah, and then Crotone gets a win. Like These are, these are the games of Crotone. Because Spezia now is going to get overconfident. Look, we can play with the big boys. Yeah, we've been, no, we've been, we can play with you. We'll we can play. Smash is garbage. Yeah, we we outplay oh, Lazio. There. We outplay Lazio, the the team that was fighting for Scudetto two yeah. seasons ago. You know, we can take these guys no problem. And then yeah. and then Simi comes on and scores a header, yeah. and then they lose. That these are the type of games where you see that stuff yeah. happen. I'm going to say these two are going to tie the game. I'm going to call it a draw. So we got goals for for Spezia. 14 goals against 19. Crotone can't score a goal. I don't know. I, I'm going to... I'll just stick with the win for Spezia. The easy, okay. the easy choice. Giuliano's telling you to take the Spezia win. I'm telling you to take the draw, even though I think Crotone's garbage. Because the, the, this <laughs> Spezia style actually plays in, I think, into Crotone's hands. Because Spezia's a wide-open team. Yeah. And we've seen how Spezia concedes goal. And Chiro... Chiro's goal was a perfect example of that. Yeah. Spaces open up. You need a a striker with the awareness to run into the gaps. Does Crotone have a play like that? They do in Junior Messias. Yeah. So, and he's probably been their best player. So if there is a result going to happen, it will be because he gets on the end of a, of a through ball and he scores. That's how I think okay. it, may, it may go. But I'm going to still take Spezia. Okay. I'm, you know. All right. Covering all my bases. <laughs> oh, I understand. So, again, Giuliano's telling you to take Spezia. I'm telling you to take the draw. Next game, Torino hosting Udinese. But this is going to be interesting. Yeah, it'll be an interesting game. This I, is a I think Torino played well, considering last week against Juventus, even yeah. though they did lose. Yeah. Um, Udinese undefeated in their last three games. They beat, yeah. beat Lazio, beat Genoa, 
and tied to Swallow. So yeah, not they've a had a, they've had some extra time off because that game was yeah. postponed. See, Atalanta, that rest, La Dea. Yeah, it worked out for them. You know, hopefully no one got in trouble from the flash floods, but yeah. it benefited Atalanta. No, it did. It did. Um, this is going to be a tough game to call here. Yeah. This, this, if you look at their head-to-head, their third, they both have won 13 times, and they've drawn eight <laughs> times. So, like, it's, 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 it's dead on. But I just think that Giampaolo's kind of got a role and got a handle. He's slowly getting a handle on this Torino team, and they're slowly starting to roll. They're buying into the system. Udinese have bought into the Gutti system. They're very stubborn. They're very hard to score on now. I just think that uh, we're going to see something from the uh, wonder kid there, Bellotti. <laughs> Yeah. He's not a wonder kid. It's just, I, I'm just baffled that he's got so many goals this season. Seven goals in nine games. I can't believe it. I think he's going to probably sneak in, get a goal or two here, and I think Torino's going to win this game. Yeah, Udinese, you're looking at... Listen, this is the Rodrigo de Paul show for Udinese. It this is. guy pulls all the strings in this team. If Torino can shut him down with their midfield of uh, Thomas Ricon and Sasha Lukic, I'm assuming he would start if yeah. they can... And Carolinette, if he starts as well, if they can shut him down, yeah. then Torino always have a chance. The positives going in for Torino are, like you said already, Andrea Bellotti. He's yeah. been one of the best strikers in Italy. And Wilfred Single, the Ivory Coast player. I don't know if he's an international yet. He has been phenomenal, the 19-year-old defender. Like we said in the last game against Juve, he shut down not only Ronaldo, he shut down Chiesa yeah. and Danilo. He ran that entire wing. So he shouldn't have a problem shutting down the left side of Udinese. No. So it will be interesting whether Udinese can get the goal. We know they have one of the best defenses. Can they get the goal? Can they get the goal? That's the question. Does Torino open up and allow Udinese to score? That's the question as well. Torino, the way the table sits... Torino's on six points. The closest team to them outside of relegation is Fiorentina with nine. So realistically, if you want to get out and get closer, you have to win. Uh, hard match to call. What did you say? I called Torino to win this game. Torino to win. Oof, that's going to be hard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the draw on this one. Okay. Although these teams don't have a lot of draws this season, but I'm going to stick with the draw on this one because I feel like Torino, it's still a little early for them. And I don't think, uh, but the pressure's on Giampaolo too, right? To make this team play. That's the thing. I know. This is a game you can win. And you have to win because we've been saying from day one, you have to beat the teams around you. Yep. Right now. The Nez is around them. Right now, exactly. So, but I'm just, I'm going to stick with the draw okay. still. So Juliano's telling you to take the draw. I'm telling you to take Torino win. Wow. I've only agreed on one game so far. <laughs> Now, the 2.45 game on Saturday, Lazio will be hosting Hellas Verona. That's difficult. Tell me about it. That's difficult. See, th- this is where Lazio's tactics aren't going to work. Yeah, because you got a team that already sits back in Verona <laughs> yeah. and a stud of a goalkeeper, Marco Silvestri. Although history... They're right, behind, they're right, we're right by each other. Lazio sitting yeah. in seventh with seventeen, and Hellas Verona sitting in eighth with sixteen points. So, but in the last six fixtures, going back to twenty fifteen, uh, Lazio's won five out of the six fixtures against. This is Verona. a different Hellas Verona this team. The last time they played in uh, July twenty sixth of twenty twenty, Lazio won five one against Verona. Uh, it's not going to happen. Lazio. And then they tied zero zero on February the fifth, so of twenty twenty. 
after COVID. That was after the COVID break, the July game. So maybe it wasn't, who knows, the health-wise of the players. And if the mentality was there for some of the players, half of them were on vacation mode still. Maybe that's what the 5-1 result led to. But like you said, now this is a different Verona. Different Verona are going up against a different Lazio. Yeah. Like this Lazio has conceded more goals in the city, more goals than they've scored. They're negative one. Which is very weird. Yeah. Very weird. Right? And how's Verona? They've only scored three goals less than Lazio, but have conceded significantly less. They've conceded nine goals yeah. less than Lazio. And defense wins you championships. Yeah. Well, defense is not going to win Hells Verona championship. It's going to get them a good, a good yeah. result in the tables. This is a tough game to call. Lazio are on a high. I saw, we saw how Lazio struggled against Club Brugge. I'm going to call for a Lazio Hellas Verona draw in this game. Yeah, I think that's a, a good call because neither team is going to want to lose and fall further down yeah, the table. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Um, this game, too, you're looking at Lazio. No one's really been great on the Lazio team. No. Like we said, Chiro has been great this season, but he's been efficient. Milikovic Savic has probably been the best player for Torino. I mean, for Torino, for Lazio this uh, season. And Echerbi. I'd say those are the two best players in this team. They have been. Uh, for Verona, you're looking at Barak. a lot better uh, yeah. performers. You're looking at Silvestri, Faroni, Faraoni, Zaccani, Di Marco, Gunter, Barak. They have the core of the team's playing a lot better than the they Lazio are. team. They are. Um, because Lazio just came off Champions League, they're on a high. I think maybe they relax a little bit. I'm gonna give Verona the edge here. They're gonna sneak a win out. Ooh, I think. Okay. I think we're gonna have a little bit of an upset. So Giuliano's telling you to tell us Verona. This win. can't go on with Lazio just surviving everything. No, it can't go on. No, and it can't. But. I There's just some question know. marks in the Lazio goalkeeping department, too. There's question marks in the Lazio goalkeeping department, but the big question is, is Chiro Mobile going to get a penalty this game? That's the thing. And all credit, Chiro does a great <laughs> job to win these penalties. <laughs> and it comes down to Chiro. This, exactly. This Chiro, if Chiro's having an off game, Lazio struggle. Yeah. Chiro makes his runs, which I don't think he's going to get the space to this no, game. not this game. Lazio will struggle. And that's just my theory yeah. on that. And Okay. So Giuliano's telling you to take the hells of run away, and I'm telling you to take the draw. Now... Bright and early, 6.30 a.m. Juliana will be up for this game. Cagliari are hosting Inter at the Sardinia Arena. I might mess it. <laughs> I might sleep in. Inter. They disappoint me so much. Inter. Second place, sitting in second, right behind Milan. Five points behind Milan with nothing else to play for other than the Scudetto and the Coppa Italia. <laughs> Antonio Conte, please. You got to start off on the right foot now. Yeah, for Inter... Get over the Champions League exit. It's done. Focus on the main objective. That's it. It's, it's what the message... What message does Conte put in the player's head? You can either use this as a moment to get down and get depressed as a team. Yeah, or you can make it a turning point. Or exactly. Build make it a it. turning point. You use this as a springboard to go right up to first place on oh. the table and win the rest of your games yeah. in the season. If they don't get a result here, it's over. Yeah, th this game's going to be telling of the yeah. the way they come out of the gates is yeah. going to be telling whether their heads are down, the body language. I'm telling you, these are big things. If guys are talking on the field, if, yeah. if the finger's still being pointed, because there's a lot of that crap that goes on. They all point yeah. the finger at each other and no one wants to take the blame. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the mentality that Inter has coming into this game. Yeah. 
And like you said, this will define their entire season. Absolutely. The reaction. Because the best teams in the world, they lose, they get right back up and win. Yeah. On the other side of the field, we have Cagliari. Their performers so far, their team has been Joao Pedro. Pretty much. <laughs> if Joao Pedro plays good, they get a result. And if Francesco lines them up properly. And if De Francesco lines them up properly, which yeah. for some weird reason, when it comes to the big games, the guy goes... He goes back to his old ways. <laughs> he goes back to his old ways. Uh, so what do you think? Oh, I think they're going to win this game. You have faith in Conte? I don't have faith in Conte, but I have faith that... <laughs> yeah, faith that Eusebio Di Francesco is going to F it up somehow. Basically, basically. If you're Eusebio Di Francesco, it's a team you kind of want to play because they're so vulnerable right now. Especially if you go up one nothing, what's that going to do? It's going to shatter them. Oh, they'll be Inter... It's going to shatter yeah. them. But I just think Inter... Now Inter can just focus on the objective. The distraction of Champions League is out of the way. That's how I think that's how Antonio Conte sees European football. It's a distraction. He's that old school Italian type where, whoa, we don't care. It's all about the school. No, see, for me, I think he wants it too much and he puts too much pressure on his players. That's just my opinion. I think he puts way too much into it. I just think he's an idiot. And it ruins him. But but anyways, I'm going to say Inter's going to win this game. So I I agree with you, but for different reasons. (laughs) I think I I have faith in Conte that the mentality, you're going to see a completely different Inter. You're going to see an Inter come out and absolutely trash this Cagliari team. I think so. That's why I think it's going to happen. But for different reasons. Yeah. Not because of Eusebio. I think they're going to do it because Conte is going to fix the problems. Okay. Step by step. I have faith in him. Put a lot of faith. It is. Not if know. he comes out wearing that hat. <laughs> if he wears the hat, then it's a different story. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we know what to expect from Cagliari. Yeah. They, all their attacks come down the right through Zappa. You know, everything, Giovanni Simeone, Pavoletti, whoever starts is a big part of it, Joao Pedro. The defense, they don't try and press you too much. The defense likes to play off side traps. Yeah. So they invite player. I don't know. It's going to, that's how Caledi plays. It's not an attractive style of football. You can see a ton of shots. Yeah. And we know Inter can get a ton of shots a game. So, yeah. Inter should win. Inter should win. So both tell you to take enter in this game. Let's move on to the next game. Atalanta hosting Fiorentina. So this is interesting. So if you look at the head-to-head, and head-to-head doesn't really mean much, but this is the head-to-head with Atalanta and Fiorentina. In head-to-head all time, Fiorentina's won 23, drawn 17, lost 12 to Atlanta and has scored 84 goals where Atlanta on the other side has only won 12 drawn 17 lost 23 and has only scored 54 goals that means totally nothing and I've just wasted your time <laughs> listening to that because this Fiorentina team is abysmal and they've only won in the last six Fiorentina have only won once in the last six games yeah and they've only scored once in the last five games yeah and that was a very 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 very, very late goal. And Gasparini's coming off the game of his life. Yeah. And the Atlanta players are coming off the game of their life. So yeah. I think Atlanta be, is just going to spank them. We'd be foolish not to pick yeah. Atlanta. Atlanta's going to hammer them. Atlanta's at home. They can, they can focus on the league now, knowing that the round of 16 is not happening until next month in January. And this is where, Gasparini, this is where Gasparini, yes, he had the game of his life, but it doesn't end there. No, you, lose this, you lose this game, you draw this game, you're right back to the old yeah. Gasparini where yeah. you only lasted four games. At no, I guess it's his Fiorentina team. No, that's what I'm saying. If he if he drops points to this Fiorentina game, 
then everything he did against Ajax yeah. becomes undone. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Know? He has to uh, continue. Yeah, pretty which he much. should. He should. Yeah, he he will. He will. So we're both telling. I don't think there's much for us to tell you. This Fiorentina team's abysmal. If they keep playing like this, which I think they will, they're going to go down. Torino's going to pass them, and they're going to go down into the Serie B, like you said last podcast. <laughs> so let's. We're both telling you to take Atlanta in that game. It's probably not worth much. So you probably don't want to do a parlay on it. <laughs> uh, anyways, next game: Bologna hosting Roma at the Stadio Renato Dallara. Uh, Roma coming off a 0-0 draw to Sassuolo, which was met with much controversy. Apparently, the referee is rumored to be charged, uh, or will not charged, will, will, will receive punishment and fines for the way he handled the Sassuolo Roma this game. Is, this is two games. Roma. Two games now where Roma's kind of been in a refing controversy. So, um, very strange, very strange. Very, very strange. Uh, going up against a Bologna team. Who's been troublesome. For They've been troublesome. Uh, they did lose their last game. No Pedro this game. No Pedro because yeah. of the red card we'll, or the double yellow. We'll, the big question is: How's Fonseca going to line up up front? Is Ed Zeko going to come into this game, or is he going to run with Bora Mayoral? I guess later on today, if we see who starts in the Europa League game, that's that'll be pretty telling of who he's going to start on. I can tell you on right Sunday. now because Fonseca is another chicken shite. He's going to go with Jekyll. Jekyll's the captain. I don't care if he's the captain. You drop players that need to be dropped, and you play players that are on form. But I, Fonseca. Well, Pedro leaves a big gap, so Mkhitaryan's gonna Mkhitaryan's gonna be there. Right? I think Pellegrini you push forward. Pellegrini you can push forward because he's shown he can play really anywhere, right? Because who else really would they throw up there? You have Carlos Perez. He's not bad. He can do a job. Yeah. He, hasn't, he hasn't started a game yet in the league. He's been a a sub five times. Yeah. So really, I don't know why you guys got rid of Cliver because really you guys aren't. That uh, strong up top right now. Carlos you Perez. have good performers, but once one of those guys go, yeah, like Pedro, for instance, there's not much after Carlos yeah. Perez. I think, I think, the, I think the logical answer is Pellegrini is going to step up and attack and go in there. Vertu is going to come into the midfield with VR Gonzalo because yeah. he's been playing yeah. quite a bit. Gonzalo VR has been playing really well, by the way. Maybe Brian Cristante pushes forward. Yeah, into, into the midfield area. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's all going to. It all depends on who he's going to start today. Yeah. In the uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll see Mirage Kambula. Um, maybe Ricardo Calafiori will make his City A debut. Or um, maybe you play both at Injeco and Bora Mario. No, I don't know. I don't think so. That but won't I don't happen. Think so. It won't happen. That won't happen. Maybe Carlos Perez does show up. Yeah, does get the get the chance in this game. Uh, I just think Roma have. Too much quality again. We know what the objective is. You got to win this game. This is a kind of not. I wouldn't say it's a give me for Roma, but if you want top four, you got to smash Bologna. Bologna, a little bit of a little bit of uh, worry there. Skorupski broke his finger oh, in he? training, so I don't know if he'll be playing in this game. So they'll have to go to their second string. Yikes! Um, but this Bologna team has done. They're. I think they're. Like I said, I've said before, they're a really good team. They just. Individual errors kind of gets the best of them, yeah. and I just don't know if Bologna is ready to to take on a team like Roma at this point in time. And I think Roma is going to be very frustrated with the Sassuolo yeah. result. Should have won that game, and they're going to come out. Yeah, yeah. That. Player to watch out for, hands down, is going to be Hendrik Mkhitaryan. Yeah, well, for uh, so Bologna are going to have to play a backup. They do have a Canadian uh, as a backup. Yes, third, Sebastian Breza. Norwegian, Canadian. Uh, 
if he gets to start, we'll see. The other backup is Angelo Da Costa. He'll probably get it. Da Costa, thirty-seven year old. If, if Skorupski doesn't play, if Skorupski doesn't play, which we assume he won with a broken finger, but you can with a broken finger. Yeah, possible Canadian coming into the game. Yeah, he'll at least be on the bench. I would assume. Yeah, absolutely. If he doesn't get in, but uh, I agree with your analysis on that. Bologna always comes down to individual errors. I think like Roma. They're going to be very frustrated with the drop points. Yeah. They're going to come out with the vengeance. and Especially th- when you have the pressure of the ownership group on you, where it's like, listen, you need to get these results. Yeah, so. and, and Mihailovic, too, hasn't shown variation in his game approach. He's kept it consistent no matter who he goes up against, whether yeah. it be a bottom team or a top team. He always plays the same way. Yeah, And uh, I don't see him changing for Roma either. And I think for that reason, they're going to... Bite the bullet here. Yeah, especially Bologna. if Sassuolo wins their game tomorrow, you got to keep up. So yeah, you do, you do. And you got to go point for point with them, right? You do. You have to keep up with them, and you have to uh, be wary of Atalanta or Verona too. If one of them wins, exactly, being right on your tail as well. So exactly. So I think we're both trying to take the Roma win in this game. Uh, next game, Napoli hosting Sampdoria. What Napoli is going to show up? We don't know. It all depends on what happens in their game today. I, as well. I wish I could see that. I wish I could see that this game before. Yeah. yeah. We see. Uh, yeah. This so. is going to be the second game at the Diago Armando Maradona yeah. Stadio Stadium. Yeah. I should have said Stadio first. I got it backwards. Um. <clears throat> we also see Dad getting the honor of playing the first game there. Yeah. But exactly, we don't know. We don't know what Napoli is going to come. Napoli has dominated this fixture in the past uh, six, you know, around past three years. Sampdoria, again, a weird team. Stubborn defense, all about counterattacks. Very Ranieri, that's his style. That's his style. Use the wings, cross the ball in. Kandreva, he loves to use his wingers, cross the ball in. And uh, Napoli are a team that are always going to try and control the game. Run in the channels, switch the field left to right. They like to integrate everybody. Irving Lozano, Martens, Insigne, Fabian Ruiz. They all like to get on the ball. Yeah. Whether they can break down the Sampdoria defense, that's another question. Yeah. But I think Napoli edges out on that individual skill where Insigne can do that little cut. And I would like to see him change it up. He does that cut in all the time. Insigne yeah. tries to do that far post shot. It's becoming so obvious all the time now. But I think... There's that individual skill in the uh, in the Napoli team that can unlock the Sampdoria defense. I think it's going to be low scoring, and they pull off like a one 0 win here. Napoli, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say through Dries Martins too. I think yeah. Martins, one of Napoli's best players. Absolutely. And I think Atuzo has to start getting him in the team more. Yeah, I think Napoli wins this game as well. So Giuliano and I both tell you to take Napoli in this game. Plus, is Victor Ozyman coming back yet? Uh, I don't think so. Still injured. If he comes in, though, yeah, it'll be, be a big difference too. Definitely. If he comes back, uh, let's talk about this thrashing that's upcoming at the Luigi Ferraris. Oh, oh boy, Genoa hosting Juventus. Juventus on form now, uh, figuring it out. Penaldo, but, <laughs> but this is a Genoa team who recently beat Juve as as recent as uh, 2019, March no. 17th. <laughs> no. No, I know it's a completely it's a completely different Genoa team. It's a completely different Genoa team. But this is a te- this is a game where Juve are going hot and then they lose. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think so. I don't think so. I think now 
Juve established a point and uh, basically set a standard in that Barca game. And this is how they're going to steamroll through teams now. Here yeah. we go. This is it. The juggernaut's been woken. Yeah. Uh, Ronaldo's going to awaken the giant. Be the Capo Cananeri leader after this game. Probably. He's going to get two penalties and a Probably. header. And uh, <laughs> Rolando Maran is going to get an early Christmas gift in his termination papers. Yeah. Genoa. <laughs> um, I just don't see anything other than a Juventus win in this game. I feel bad. If Mattia Perin comes back for this game, you're going to get smashed, buddy. Yeah. Be busy. I don't even think Genoa gets... Uh, a shot in this game. No, I don't think so. Juve is going to totally suffocate them. Yeah, probably see Chiesa even bag, bag a goal in here. What? So what do you think? So it seems like we've Pirlo has figured out a starting eleven. Yeah, it seems Dybala is not part of that. No. Nope. What do you think of that? Do you think he should? He merits a chance in the in a game like this against the bottom teams. Or do you just say, you know what, we're done with you, move them off on January, get the money? I think at this point in time, you're honest, you, you, have, you found something that works, you got a lot of momentum, you got guys that want to play, you don't have to worry about Champions League until the new year now, now that it's done, you got to pick up points, you got to make sure that the points are done. I say you run with what you have. Run with Morata and Ronaldo. Dybala, you can come off the bench, maybe if we're up 3 4 nothing. <laughs> what if you can get Pogba for Dybala? I know Pogba wants to come back. Yeah, Pogba is kind of a bit of a distraction. He he's kind of going down the route of Mario Balotelli, where it's it's about attitude and entitlement. And I think Paul Pogba is one of the most talented central midfielders out there. I just think that he's not happy at Manchester United, and he he's looking for a way out. But where do, would you fit Paul Pogba into the system? That is the question. That's the big question, right? Where do you where would you fit him? I think uh, Pogba too. He needs to be surrounded by. Cause yeah, I don't think he has the mentality of a uh, of a no. champion. He needs he needs leader. He's still young. He needs leadership yeah. around him because he's not a real leader. Yeah, I just hope he doesn't go down the route of Mario Balotelli. I hope not too. He's too good of a talent. He's way too good. But he needs that's what and that's what benefit of Pogba early on in his career yeah. was he had Buffon around who's still there. Yeah. He had Pirlo. He had Vidal. He had Chiellini, Bonucci, and he, yeah, and and he, still, he would guys. still have those guys, right? Have those guys. So I think keep them grounded, right? I think it'd be a good move because Juve has this weird talent for bringing in guys that have been hotheads, flops, or hotheads, whatever, and they can transform them. They never gave Mario a shot. <sighs> I don't know <laughs> if if he's worth it, right? No, he. I don't think Mar- they thought Mario was worth it, but. Uh, It'd be interesting to see if yeah. that's a possible. Yeah, he's definitely uh, not happy at United. There. Yeah, he's definitely not happy at United. Pogba, Dybala, swap him out. Yeah, I think it would work out for both teams. I think Dybala would offer an option, but where do you put Dybala on a Manchester United team? I think he makes them worse. <laughs> I think he makes them worse that's too. A, but that's a man you. Does United. he pass Rashford? Does, does he? Does no. he surpass Rashford? No. But that's a man. Does he surpass United Cavani? Transfer. No. I don't think Dybala surpasses a lot of players, but I think. That's another player with an ego. Yeah. He thinks he's as good as Messi, but you can't even tie Messi's shoes. You yeah. know where you don't come anywhere near Messi. Yeah. But you came you went from Wigan to Palermo to Juventus. You can't even you can't even start on one of the worst Argentinian Argentinian sides in yeah. in, in a while. In a while. You can't so. even get in. So you know what? Yeah. Stay stay in your place. That's it. So work. Say Juve or go. That's it. So we're both telling you to take Juventus in this game. Last but not least, 2.45 on Sunday, Milan hosting Parma. 
The best for last. Yeah, the best for last. I don't see a, another result other than AC Milan winning are this they game. Gonna, are, you think they're going to keep it going? Yeah, I think eleven and all. This breaking records they, every week. This Parma team is so weird, and they 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 don't they have no offensive talent other than Gervinho. And no, they don't. No one else can score. No a goal. one else can score a goal for this Parma team. Bobby the four, English. Bobby the, English can't even score a goal. Yeah, these days. the the four man defense is working for Parma, where they're not conceding as much. I think the best thing they can hope for is a is a is a nil nil tie. Do I think they can keep Milan at bay? No, I don't think so. I, I think a draw is the best Parma can maybe get to. But even but, when, even when Parma were decent, yeah. in recent years, yeah. They couldn't uh, go toe to toe with Milan when yeah. Milan wasn't at their best. So Milan exactly. now is at their best. Exactly. And Parma's at their worst. So yeah. If Milan doesn't win this, it'll be a big disappointment for them. Yeah. They should. Yeah. Should win and make it eleven and zero. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, we're both trying to take Milan in this game. Yeah. That. Hey, we, there's not much to get into. Milan's just better. They should just they win it on quality alone. Hundred percent. 100%. Donnarumma is too good to concede against a team like this. Yeah. And the defense. Yeah. Uh, whether Kyer's in there or not, uh, Romagnoli and Gabia yeah. have shown. Gabia, I think he's going to be an international defender. For sure. Him and Bastoni are the future. And, For sure. Uh, he's shown he's good enough to be in a top team. Yeah. Yeah. So, so win. Win for AC Milan. We're both trying to take Milan in this game. So that sums up the City A. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, not much. No? I think I, think I covered everything I wanted to say. Okay. Uh, just uh, some minor news. Uh, Forge FC losing to uh, CD Marathon. Oh, they made it harder. They, yeah. So now uh, I know there was a lot of controversy. David Edgar uh, retiring. Uh, from Forge FC said he would finish off the calendar season with them and he has and he did come out and say talk about uh, reference to cheating and ref bias in uh, in Central America towards North American teams uh, he says it does happen but it's a learning curve for them uh, just Forge totally got the game wrong um, yes they got some calls that didn't go their way but at the end of the day they just didn't have the quality didn't want to didn't show up for this game and they've made it the hardest because now they're playing Toronto FC for uh, that uh, Champions League spot in the Canadian Championship in early 2021. So we went from the prospect of having two Canadian teams in the CONCACAF Champions to only having one. And in all in all fairness, it's probably going to be Toronto FC. As much as I hate to say it, I am a Canadian Premier League supporter. I support it more than MLS. I just think Toronto FC's got too much quality for Forge FC right now. They blew the one game they should have won. They got it totally wrong. And... Uh, I wish them all the best. We'll cover that um, as soon as uh, we'll cover that and announce when the game will take place as soon as uh, we know. Uh, but the one thing I did want to do is uh, there has been some changes in the uh, in the standings for City of B. Uh, very, very interesting. Um, so Salernitana is now leading the Serie B after 10 games. Wow. Uh, I think it's the first time ever. Uh, Salernitana is a team... Still early, but... Still early. Uh, Salernitana is a team based in Salerno in the region of Campania. So it's good to see the teams from Campania are really starting to show up. Benevento, Napoli. Yeah. Spal. Uh, Spal is in second place with 21 points. 
Uh, the repre- the Pulio representative Lecce is in third place with 19 points. Yeah. Empoli uh, is tied with them with 19 points. And then you have uh, the la- from fifth to eighth in the final playoff spots. You have Frosinone with 19 points, Venezia with 18 points, Cittadella with 14 points in a game in hand, and Kievo with 14 points in a game in hand. In ninth place, there just breathing and just trying to bat their way in. Silvio Berlusconi's Monza, Monza, who recently signed Mario Balotelli. Given him his last chance, he said, "If you don't do it here, you're not going to do it anywhere." It's, I, I think so. So it was between Vasco da Gama from Brazil, yeah. and Monza. Yeah, and Balotelli chose to stay in the region of Lombardy. Yeah, uh, recently had his car vandalized in Brescia. Yeah, I think everybody wants him out. Uh, wants to stay in Milan and prove yeah. himself. So we will see. We'll see what happens, and then do. at the same time, that'd, that'd be a story and a half if he came up. With Monza? With Monza. Became a stud? Became a stud. Yeah. Got them into Champions League and yeah. everything. That'd Absolutely. Because they have, they have the uh, the money back in them now. So Yeah, definitely. So we'll we'll see what happens. We'll keep you posted on that for Serie B. And uh, I believe that's all I wanted to cover. So that's, uh, that's that it. wraps up our show for today. We will be back early next week. We have some midweek Serie A games. Taking place on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week. Some nail biters in there. Juve, Atalanta, just to name one. And Inter and Napoli. <laughs> Going to be some crazy, crazy games. And then, of course, on Thursday, La Roma will host Torino. A garbage slot. The last <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, uh, but we'll talk about that more next week. We hope you all have a great weekend. Um, can't thank you enough for your support and uh, enjoy the podcast and uh, rate us five stars. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. At Radio Tifosi on Twitter. Yeah. At Radio Tifosi on Twitter. And Tifosi Radio, right? On Facebook. Tifosi Football Radio on, on yeah. Facebook. And uh, we might have some uh, some exciting uh, exciting news and interviews coming up in the weeks to come. That'll yeah. be very interesting for you. Uh, once we finalize them, we'll be able to uh, let you know what yeah, they are. Exactly. So, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Ciao, Ciao ragazzi. ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi.